Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts, Stephen. And Kyle. I almost forgot to say my name there, but I got her straightened out. That's y'all good. Um, hope everybody's doing great. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling all your friends about us, which is dope. Get the word out. Spread the word. Uh, today, Kyle has checked into another little documentary. I know that kind of sparked a lot of discussion in our episode before last. Is that how Whatever. that would go now? Yeah. But he's watched another one that sounds super dope. So we're going to take a little gander at that. Before we do that, we got to get through all the business. And shout out to all our patrons. Thank you all so much. You guys are just awesome. Yeah, absolutely awesome. agree with that. I ha- I think we have some new ones. It's a lot more than uh, I ever expected us to get. Yeah, that's no shit. You guys are freaking crazy. It is crazy. Uh, yeah, new patrons we've had since uh, the last shout out. We have Allison. Thank you so much. You for the support. It's just you guys don't know how much it means to us and how much it helps us out. Being a hundred percent done in house, like everything that goes toward this is so much help. Uh, Shy Town Tony, thanks, Josh. Thank you. I think those are the new ones. I don't know. I was unprepared for that, so I apologize. But anyway, to the business, just thanks to all our patrons. You guys are just, it's awesome. It is awesome. Check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Search up Hollow Sky Podcast and we will be there. Come hang out with us. You know the deal. Share memes, weird shit, weird stories, weird weird anything. Just get weird. We also have our website out, hollowskypodcast.com. Come over there and check us out. Patreon's up for anybody that wants to support us monetarily and get some cool dope shit. You can do that too. Oh, uh, what else? If you've got a weird encounter and you'd like to submit it to us, Kyle's going to tell you how to do that. You can record yourself any way you see fit and then email it to us, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. Then you literally, you can do it. However you want. Voice memo app. Use your smartphone. You know, record a video of yourself. Do whatever whatever pleases you. It doesn't really matter at this point. You can just shoot it over to the email. We'll do our best to get it converted. And on to the podcast for you. Hell yeah. And if you're sick of listening to my sweet, sweet voice, you can record it on your own and send it to us. And then that would keep me from reading it. You can so do that. That would be dope. For our listeners who listen on Apple's or or iTunes, uh, that's another way you can support the podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and review. That helps tremendously. It kind of makes us more visible in the world of podcasts. And when someone looks up dope shit, bang, we're there. If you leave us a five-star rating and review, I will gladly shout you out. Today's five-star rating and review comes from Podcaster204. Says excellent podcast. Love the mix of familiar and lesser known creepy subjects. It's refreshing to hear about new mysteries, but it's also fun to hear more about the classic cases I thought I knew. Keep up the good work. Well, oh, podcaster two hundred four. Thank you so much for taking the time to shout us out and leave us a review. I wish I knew what podcast that you hosted or were a part of because we would gladly shout you out and your podcast. But until then, we hope all's well and thanks for leaving us dope shit. Word. Word. Word, man. 
Before we get into the meat of the show today, we will go through our listener experience of the day. And this is brought to us from our friend, Burton Morin. He actually hosts a YouTube channel, and we will shout that out at the end of his experience here. And it's titled, My True Experience with a Demon. <clears throat> First, Fuck that. Yeah, Kyle's going to be fucking stoked. Yeah. Do you want to bring the Ouija board over here while I read it? Not right now. Okay. We'll, we'll fuck with it later. Uh, speaking of which, I did get a Ouija board for my birthday, so... Yay. Kyle's so stoked. It's fucking... It's cool. It's going to be fine. If anybody <laughs> yeah. wants us to uh, host the Ouija board episode, YouTube video, whatever the fuck we're going to do in their house, let us know because I'm definitely not fucking doing it in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything to it, yeah, but if there uh-huh, is, uh-huh. I ain't trying to... The only way a demon's going to live in my house is if that motherfucker's paying rent. So, I mean, I feel that if he wants to cover my Amron bill, I could probably work something out. Yeah, we could all we could all use a little extra cash flow. But until then, he's gonna stay the fuck out. Anywho, back to the demons. It says first some backstory. Growing up, my parents would foster children. We had a group of kids living with us, and I became good friends at the time with one that was around my age. I don't feel right using his real name, so for now, I'll just call him Bud. Eventually, Bud was taken back to his family, and as time went on, we lost contact. Now for the story. Early 2008, I had turned 18 and decided I wanted to switch schools and move out of the same town I'd been in forever. I was staying with a cousin in Rapid City, South Dakota. I'd gotten word that Bud had committed suicide. I felt terrible after hearing this. I was in the basement of my cousin's aunt's house doing laundry and thinking about everything that has happened, but mostly about Bud and how terrible I felt that I wasn't there to to, to talk to him to be a better friend. I never felt right in the basement, and I never quite felt alone. I was thinking things over, and I got mad. Mad at the idea that he would do something like that, and mad at myself. Mad at the world at the time. I picked up some of my laundry, and in a rage, I threw it across the room. I went upstairs and started watching TV with my cousin, his friends, and his aunt, who we should call Carrie. Ever since I left the basement, I felt uneasy. And Carrie could see that I was not acting my usual self, and she and... She asked me what was wrong. I said nothing, and we all continued to watch TV until my cousin and his friend decided to go hang out in the back room. She asked me again what was wrong, so I started to talk to her. I told her about what happened with Bud and who he was and how I cared for him like family. I felt even more uncomfortable as I went on telling what had happened. All the while, she sat there listening and understanding, and all the while, I feel this intense feeling of being watched. I started to cry as I tell her I almost feel responsible for him committing suicide because I wasn't there for him as a friend or as a family member. The feeling of being watched is almost to the point of being unbearable. As I dry my eyes, I ask her, do you ever get the feeling you're being watched? As her face of understanding and sorrow changed to fear, the hair on the back of my neck stands up and she yells, where? I, in almost shock to her reaction, point toward the kitchen from where I felt the stare. She looks in the direction I am pointing, and just as soon as she looked, in the best way I could describe it, all hell breaks loose. Dishes start flying, smashing into walls as if someone is in a furious rage. Doors on the cupboard fly open and you could hear breaking glass. I feel fear. And as I look at Carrie, she calmly goes to a shelf and grabs a box off the shelf, opens it, pulls out dried sage and a lighter and begins to fill the room with smoke from the plant. She walks toward the kitchen and everything stops. She keeps walking through the house, 
opens the basement door and almost seems to usher something back down the stairs. She comes back in the room and asks, are you okay? I said, um, what the hell just happened? I assume my face had been pale from the event that had just taken place and she informed me that whatever it was lives in the basement. She said it was a demon and she's had to deal with it before. She tells me one of her own foster kids that she had taken in and had an experience where the kid was attacked by this demon. This boy, uh, this boy I met, he weighed maybe 95 pounds, super skinny, and when it attacked him, it took four people to hold him down so they could perform some sort of exorcism on him. Apparently, when I was in the basement and through the laundry, this thing took notice that I was in a vulnerable state and was trying to attach itself to me. I have many more experiences with the paranormal, and I have a lot of true stories that have happened to me. But this is one of the scariest things and one of the biggest reasons I started my paranormal investigations on my YouTube channel, which is called Local Legends Burton Warren. Thank you for looking at my story. I love the podcast. You guys are great. Well, thank you so much for submitting your story. Everybody, if you get a chance, hop over to YouTube, search up Local Legends Burton Warren, support independent creators, and support the paranormal. Uh, that is definitely a creepy story, first off. It, I don't know, I don't know if it would necessarily be demonic. I mean, it kind of. It sounds pretty demonic, yeah, really. if it's, I guess if it's a ghost, it's just pretty much a. A dick? A dick, yeah. And the correlation that it knew that you were vulnerable, like that's, that's kind of wild. I didn't piece that together at the time when I was reading it, but after your aunt stated it, it's like it totally seems to ring true. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'm kind of being sarcastic here, but it, I feel like you're, you're, Aunt Carrie there is a pretty irresponsible person. She's letting you play down in the basement where this thing lives. That sucks. And that's exactly like when he's reading the story and she ushers it back down to the basement. I'm like, well, the, that's where you're going to hold it. Where, you know, you're down there playing that. That sucks, man. But Doing your laundry and shit. And, and what else is crazy is how calm she was. I and, mean, you said she just got up calmly. Which would, as you you know, said in the story, she's dealt with it before, and that's what I initially got. At. I was like, man, it seems like she's just dealt with this thing. Like, ah, she knows what to do, she knows where to put it. Yeah, it's all good. Especially when she walked right to the the cupboard to get the sage. <laughs> yeah, like she's like, no oh, shit, here we go again. And, you know, you know, when you brought it up, she said, from where? Like she she was expecting the answer that you gave her. That's yeah, what it seemed like. A couple questions I have. Uh, Especially after she said that it possessed one of the foster kids. Do you know if she ever had any, like, religious clergy come in and try to bless the house or try to, like, actually exercise the demon from the house? Fuck that. I would have nailed the door shut and then caught the house on fire. <laughs> Just fucking light it up. <laughs> no way, man. Because, I mean, if she's having multiple accounts with it, that would definitely be something to look into. And she may have. Why well, we just... It's not stated in the story, but that would... Definitely be a step in the right direction, I think, especially if you're dealing with the demonic force. I guess the best way to fight evil is with good. Yeah. I'm uh, just not something that I would be mentally prepared to deal with, I don't think, because that's just a whole nother realm of just horror for me. I mean, I take it, I take that realm very serious, and it's not something that I really want to be in contact with. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's always been one of the things that just, it terrifies me. It really does. And I couldn't imagine 
you know, I mean, just imagine that looking back at your kitchen and all of a sudden you just see cupboards opening and plates and shit flying all over the house. Yeah. Dude, that would have been scary as hell. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that that's kind of the part that I didn't necessarily associate with demonic presence. That could just be a poltergeist presence, you know, it because could. there's haunting, hauntings. Granted, I don't know if they were demonic. But, well, I mean, I guess it still could be a poltergeist, but what kind of catches me on that is how nothing was happening until, oh boy, called out the location of where he was feeling like he's being uh, yeah. stared from. That's when it popped off. Like, oh, bitch, you just gave my hiding spot away? See, uh, I don't think so. Distract and attack. So, I don't know. It, it's, like Steve said, it's a scary story. <laughs> and is there, was there any other experiences? I know I ask that every question, but I like to kind of dig into shit outside of the other foster kid or of the foster kid being attacked and possessed that has happened in the house because the way the way it's stated is like she has dealt with this shit pretty constantly to have sage on hand ready to you know smudge the shit out of this thing to get it out of here so the fact that she did it so calmly yeah i'm curious crazy as to what else has went on in that residence yeah i just would have left so burton thank you so much for taking the time to uh submit your story definitely creepy and i do love a good demon story kyle doesn't not really i mean i, I all our listeners it, want you to use a ouija board though yeah that's probably not gonna be fun <laughs> it's probably not even gonna work <laughs> i hope Dude, I i'm hope gonna be work. moving that motherfucker i i've thought about i'm gonna be like kyle too. you're fucked <laughs> i just run away <laughs> anyway. right, or i would just message back <laughs> lol cool <laughs> But definitely check out his YouTube channel, Local Legends Burton Morin, and support sure. him. I hope I'm saying your last name right. Uh, support independent creators. That's what it's all about. Helping yeah. everybody make it to that next tier, dog. Hell yeah. Now, we're going to jump into uh, Kyle's episode today. Word. He's found himself another interesting little documentary that we're going to talk about. He seems pretty stoked on this one. Yeah, I know it's pretty weird. From the last one... The time traveling man. Oh yeah, we've had a lot of feedback, which is dope. You guys have talked about that probably more than any other episode, whether it's real, whether it's not, whether. Regardless of all that, we love all the interaction and feedback you guys are giving us for sure. And we've had a suggestion that maybe we could start doing like a group documentary watch. So, say for example, we get together, or we get me and Kyle get together and pick out a documentary. We post it on our socials. We all watch it, and then we can either get on Facebook or we can talk about it on the podcast. You guys can email us your thoughts, and we can just do a whole episode on thoughts and ideas of said documentary, put it together, and share everybody's uh, take on it. And then we can kind of get from that release, we can kind of talk about how everybody took it all in and what they got out of it. And it would just be kind of a cool community thing that we could do. Yeah, for sure. So we might be doing that in the future. But we're not very organized, so... We will do our best. Yeah. Kyle, magically whisk us away to UFO world. Yeah, so as Steve knows, this week's been a little bit crazy for me. I haven't had a lot of time to do things, and I get pinched into trying to write today, our record day, about a subject. So trying to do a little bit of research browse around the internet it's just not working for me wing it brah 
And so I go back to documentaries, come across this short one. It's 19 minutes long. <coughs> it's uh, E.T.'s Among Us, Binary Code with Linda Moulton Howe. Yep. And so I start watching it. And I was telling Steve, I was like, it's, it's fucking crazy that how much I'm able to relate a lot of these things to current times. Now, I realize this was probably posted in current times because it had a picture of Donald Trump on it. But the things that unfold in the story are kind of ominous to me because a lot of things are kind of coming to the spotlight, so to speak. So it starts off with Linda talking about one of the most famous encounters, which would be the encounter in Rendlesham Forest in England. And me and Steve have both heard about this case, and we've talked about doing an episode on it. Yeah, they consider it the Roswell of the UK. Right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's literally one of the biggest ones. And she claims that it is probably the biggest UFO case in history, which is saying a lot. It's a big statement. It is because, you know, Roswell supposedly housed bodies. So for her to say that is pretty bold in my opinion. But so if you don't know much about the Rendlesham Forest incident, this is a little breakdown on it. And it is because it's relevant to the documentary, I guess. But in England, there was a case with two men who actually came in contact with a black triangle UFO. One of the men was actually able to touch it. When he touched it, he began to have flashes of binary code show up in his mind. And for 30 years, the man who is known as Jim Pinston, he kept to himself about it because he didn't want people to think that he was crazy or losing his mind, or whatever. So he didn't talk about it to anybody. Eventually, he started to talk to people about it, and people started to decode it. In the decoding, or at least some of it, it appeared that basically words would pop up, and the general message of it was that humanity must advance for its own survival. So it's kind of ominous. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. Not at all. <clears throat> and the, the this incident happened in December 1980. The binary code from this man came to surface around 2010. Well, in 2015, in Georgia, another case popped up, and it also involved military people. It was a army man who drew a picture of a UFO that had symbols on it. His wife actually drew the exact same picture. Well, Linda was able to find this case, and she reached out to talk to him. The man said that he would talk to her, but he wanted his identity concealed because he was still active military. He didn't want his job to be put in jeopardy, his family, etc., etc. So she does. She agrees to it. She covers his identity. But the story with this man starts off where him and his, well, he got a new job assignment. So him and his family, which consisted of two kids, a dog and a cat, 
they were packing up to leave for Hunter or leave Hunter Air Force Base to relocate to Fort Carson in Colorado. They left at night to start heading that way. And a lot of people, they tend to travel this way because it makes sense. Me and my wife have done it before. You leave in the middle of the night to avoid traffic and all that headache. And then you do your resting during the day. Yeah, and the kids sleep. Yeah. So that that's what they planned on doing. Well, they headed out that night and something very strange happened. But, you know, like I said, this man is a military man and it doesn't go into what he does in the military. And I assume that's to help conceal his identity. But she does say that he, in the military, I'm assuming it had to do with like anti-aircraft or aircraft in general because he would look at the sky and be able to determine, roughly determine how big an object was, how far away it was, the direction of travel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he was also extremely familiar with GPS systems. So he programs his GPS to go to the next base. He tells his wife they should be around Atlanta in the next hour or so. But the next thing they know, or they both remember, is that they see a very bright light in the sky. They both commented on how bright the star was. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, almost like flipping on a light switch, boom. This object slash craft appears right in front of them, out of thin air. So this man's military background starts to kick in. And he said that he estimated the object was at least 820 feet in diameter, which completely covered the road. Then just as quick as it appeared, it disappears. Both him and his wife were feeling super fuzzy, almost in like a drunk state. So he begins to drive up the road in hopes of finding a gas station or a rest area or just anything to pull over and, I guess, collect collect his thoughts. So he ends up driving for a little bit. He finds a gas station. He pulls into the gas station and decides to get out, to go inside to get a couple supplies for the kids. All the while, on the drive there, when he gets there, him and his wife are not talking about this experience at all. So he gets out goes inside and as he's walking or he's walking to the gas station, he says that he, if somebody were to see would have seen him walking into the gas station, you would have swore that he was shit face drunk. He said his arms and legs just felt like jello. He was having a hard time walking, but he ends up managing to stumble into the gas station. He gets a couple supplies and Once he was handed the receipt, he noticed something on the receipt. Now, this is pretty fucking strange because he remembers at about 1.24 a.m. is when the object appeared in front of them. At about 1.29 a.m. is when it vanished. And by the time he got to the gas station, it was around 1.35 a.m. So he gets this receipt. And he notices that on the receipt, it says that he's in Wadeley, Georgia, which is about 90 degrees to the north 
of where they're actually supposed to be. It's it's way out of the way from where his GPS was supposed to have them go. When he is talking about walking in and being in in a drunken state, did he state like why he was moving that way? Was he tired or groggy or just like fatigued, just wore out? No, it doesn't really go into it, but I would assume it it has to do with like a tired feeling because after they leave here, they go to a motel and he said they're all just exhausted, the entire family. The reason I asked that, because if you remember whenever my oldest son submitted the UFO photo that him and his buddy saw where they were out fishing earlier this year in May, I think, I asked him if he heard anything or if it was making any noise, and he's like, no, we just watched it. The only thing I remember is feeling we all felt super, super tired when we were looking at it. It's so weird. <laughs> it is, and you it hear is it a messed lot. up. But that's the only reason I was asking. Right. You know, and so with this guy's background, you know, he, he sees the receipt, and he's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to try to backtrack to see if I can't find an interstate or any, how I ended up this way. He's driving around. He realizes that he's basically in rural Georgia, way out of the way, and they're super confused. Well, they end up getting back to the interstate eventually, and like I said, they drive to a motel. They crash, and he said they were all just utterly exhausted. They all got into bed, lay down, fell right asleep. Next thing he knows, he's like, he's like, I'm not kidding, Linda. I... Like, the last thing I remember is putting my head on the pillow. Next thing I know, I am waking up in the doorway to the bathroom with my right arm leaning against the doorframe. I've got a pen in that arm. And then in my left hand, I have a receipt. On the receipt, there is a bunch of ones and zeros. And at the end of this like little paragraph of ones and zeros... It's got dot, 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 which kind of trails off at a downward angle, then a question mark, and then WTF. (laughs) Great. And that's what he wakes up to. So it's almost like he was coherent in his dream, or in his whatever the fuck was going on. I don't want to say dream because he don't even remember writing anything down, but it was almost like he was subconsciously accepting the ones and zeros, and then was like, "What? why the fuck am I getting these in my head? And writing them down, like it's weird that he doesn't remember, or he was, or something had channeled through him to where they were doing the writing through his body. You know, like sometimes right. there there Very are possible. different types of like ghost writing, for lack of a better term, where spirits can take over a person's body and convey messages. Yeah. In this case, it almost sounds like possibly an extraterrestrial kind of got inside of him and is leaving the message for him. Right. Especially if he doesn't remember. Yeah, but but they wouldn't have wrote WTF. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, if, if, they did, if they did, it would have it would be kind of awesome because it'd be like, well, you have a little bit of a sense of humor. But <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> but nevertheless, that I mean, funny. so over the time, you know, with this binary code, he had a bunch of it written up. Whenever Linda came in contact with him, she or he gave the, the binary code to her. She takes it to people to be decoded. And she finds significance in it because it is the second military guy who seems to have the same download of binary code from these 
these crafts. So she gets a hold of, of a retired Navy captain and a geneticist scientist, and they both did translations on the binary code. And I assume, for lack of information, because it wasn't in the documentary or anything that I found online, I assume they both came to the same conclusion. So here's what the first message of binary code from this man said. Oh, great. Continuous protection of humanity. 49.27 north, 11.5 east. Expose hidden knowledge to all citizens. Advancement imperative for planet survival. Beware of Orion, 1350.3, and Zeta Reticuli, 39.170. Avoid signal messages sent. So she kind of breaks down what this message may or may not mean. And I think a lot of it is pretty self-explanatory, but she looked into after where it says continuous protection of humanity, 49.27 North, 11.5 East. She claims that that leads to Germany, Nuremberg, Germany to be exact. Um, also the, the part where it says beware of Orion and Zeta Reticuli. The numbers after those are apparently the exact amount of time it takes to get to these things. So it would be the the exact light years away from our planet. And the last part of it, which me and Steve have talked about off air, avoid signal messages sent. She's claiming that they are saying, hey, dumbasses, stop shoot, shooting signals off into space. Things are going to find you. Stay fucking quiet. That don't need to find you. My favorite short story ever written, and that's probably a stretch, is one where this uh, SETI listener is like, we finally got radio contact from out of space. They finally answered us. And the only thing that was responded was one line, two lines, says, be quiet, they'll hear you. That's horrifying. That sucks. That does suck a lot. I don't want to get eaten no. by an alien. No. So, but back to the, the Nuremberg, Germany, you know, Linda starts breaking this down. And she's like, it makes me think, you know, about World War II, the atrocities of war, how the trials were held there. But she also brought up a woodcut that was done in the 1500s. And this clearly depicts UFOs fighting over Nuremberg and some of them were falling to the ground and crashing. So that's kind of... That like, is weird. Like when you link that with the continuous <clears throat> protection of humanity with those loca- that location, it's kind of fucking strange. And they, and then they also go into expose hidden knowledge to all citizens... And that, like to me, that can be translated to what's going on in current times because that's suggesting like, hey, you need to let everybody know what's happening, i.e. release documents saying that UFOs are real. Disclose it, motherfuckers. 
And so they in, then they go into, or I found some articles on the other bits of information from the code. And apparently they did end up giving this guy a a name, I guess. They they start calling him Sergeant CJ. And this would be the guy, I assume, from the story that I just told. Now, that first message was received or decoded on June 30th, 2015. Here are the other three messages that were received from October 2015 to January of 2016. The second message was imminent threat soon upon Earth's leaders and civilizations. Expose and disband hidden knowledge to all citizens. Employ safe and controlled joint study to all minds. Progression imperative for combined survival. The third message. Embrace this vessel threat. 000 journey. 12LY. Ike's embedded citizens are ready. Disclose, evolve. The fourth message is Royal Merther warning. Expose foreign technology to all evolu- evolutionary advancement needed to prevent takeover. So, on this website that I stumbled across, which is fucking cropcircleconnector.com. Sounds pretty legit. <laughs> it does sound legit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it did do a good job on this subject. They So they start to break down some these last three of the binary code translations. And in the third message, which is pretty confusing for me, it says embraces this vessel threat, zero, zero journey, 12 LY, Ike's embedded citizens, blah, blah, blah. So with this third message here, it seems that they've, quote unquote, made an emergency journey across what is maybe 12 light years of space to warn us. Then they say Ike's embedded citizens are ready, which may be a nod to the CIA. The last one about the Amurther warning is pretty interesting because I haven't heard of Emerthers before, but apparently in the UFO community, they are a friendly group of gray humanoid-like beings. They seem to be the taller grays. Apparently, this group protects the the people of Earth. They also may run an interstellar council of five. In this message, they want all top secret projects like what's going on at Area 51 to be public knowledge so everyone can study this and help advance humanity as quickly as possible. So, like I said, once again, this is almost like I feel like this could be connected to current time because of the disclosure they made this year about even admitting that UFOs are real. And then you have Trump starting the the Space Force, which everybody thinks is a joke. But you start putting pieces of the puzzle together and you're kind of like, well, wait a minute. Is this stuff coming a little bit like faster than what I expected? Or are they the fact pre- that are it's, they preparing for something? Yeah, trying to prepare I, us for something? Yeah, like it, it's amazing that this even could be a possibility <clears throat> to fucking begin with. 
Because I've been hearing rumors and shit. Like, my social media now is just mostly conspiracy websites and conspiracy Facebook pages and all that nonsense. But I've been hearing rumors that they're supposed to... Don't quote me on this, because like I said, it's conspiracy rumors. Have major disclosure by the summer of 2021. I've also heard that. People are stating that the American government, the Department of Defense, and the... CIA have been working with the Japanese government with the information that they have to release, if not all, most of uh, their information regarding extraterrestrial life by summer of next year. Which, I mean, if you think about it, like, it's not After that... this year, we're ready. Yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. It's not going to make shit any worse. No. But if you think about it, if you believe in the fact that aliens are real, could be real. Is it that much more far-fetched to say there's good aliens and then there's bad aliens? In my opinion, it's not. No. There's good good people and bad people. That's what I mean. Like, If you believe in aliens, why would there not be a good race and a bad race out there somewhere? Just a group of dicks and a group of cool guys. It's just kind of the way things go. Are cool guys. We try to be. (laughs) But, uh, Another interesting thing about these these messages here is that apparently people got a hold of them and there is actually hidden messages within the binary codes. Of course there fucking is. So when they break these these binary code messages down, some things are smelled or spelled weird. It would be like like if they were going to spell binary, it'd be like capital B, lowercase i, lowercase n. Just, capital next letter blah you know go on it it'd just be a random like there's these random capitalizations i wonder if we can here f- and there find copies of the codes online uh that go to that crop circle connector they had it on there oh yeah but uh they were saying that in the first one it says with this is within the hidden message check all ai zobra which may suggest check all computers and AI for Zobra, which is actually Greek for Trojan horse. Oh, weird. It is weird. And then the second message, they find Eisenhower, Majestic, and three letters, I-L-I, which was actually deleted from the word civilizations, and I don't really know how they came to this conclusion because I'm not that fucking smart. But apparently, by deleting those from civilizations, it would suggest a Roman number of 52, which in 1952, Eisenhower formed a secret group called the Majestic 12 to deal with UFO matters. Weird. So, you know, is it possible that in 1952, Eisenhower created this group and not only created that group, but had some form of alien contact with the Emerthers to help protect the future of humanity. And it goes, I mean, the once you start looking into the Emerthers and everything else, it it goes on and on and on. And I'm going to do a separate episode on these Emerthers because apparently they may be the ones responsible for crop circles and all this other shit. They might have been our big brother this entire time, 
throughout just, our civilization. Just keep and watch. Yeah, just keep and watch. And then there was even a message where they decoded it and it actually came back as gibberish. But one guy started running it, right? And it actually translated in fucking Sumerian. What? And then they retranslated it, which is which is another ominous fucking message of the future. But they're thinking that these Amurthers have been around since more than 5,000 years ago and that some of them can only or only know to communicate with us in Sumerian. That makes sense. It's so weird. Like, it's ticking off all of these major UFO, not tropes, but, like, almost urban legends and history. The more I, I'm looking into it as you're talking, I'm kind of Google searching. Because I'm like, Eisenhower has a pretty pretty deep history in the UFO movement. Oh, shit, yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's fucking weird that it's all tying to him. And I keep hearing, when I hear Zeta Reticuli, I think of Betty and Barney Hill. Right. Of course, where she drew, I don't know if anybody knows of the case. I hope you do, because it's one of the most famous UFO abduction cases ever. I think it was the first recorded UFO abduction ever. And under hypnosis... Betty recalls a star map that she saw while on the UFO. And she said it was kind of like, uh, what's the word? It wasn't an actual map, but it was like projected like a hologram. Yeah. Gotcha. And she couldn't remember all the stars, but she remembered the 12 most prominent ones. And as a bunch of astronomy, astronomers started looking into it, they realized that out of so many millions of stars, the only ones that made sense in the connection, the way she had posted it was Zeta Reticuli. And there was all kinds, like if you look it up on uh, Wikipedia, you can see where tons of people argued over whether or not this star map was legit or how she even knew about it, her not being an astronomer. Like everybody chimed in, Carl Sagan, Steven Soder, a whole bunch of like prominent science people are like, this definitely could be a map of Zeta Reticuli, but how in the fuck did she get the information? Without actually without, seeing it. Yeah, exactly. Without being an astronomer yeah. who has access to telescopes, you know, how the fuck did this woman know this? But it's still, I mean, it's up in the air, but it's just weird that it was enough to, like, bring out all these minds to try to figure it out. They said it was the first time in Astronomy Magazine's history that the editors invited comments and debate on a UFO report. Oh, shit. In 1974. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it's fucking weird. Dude, the whole thing's weird. But it's just funny how, like, I just stumbled on this, but me and Steve have talked about, you've heard scientists and people talk about sending shit in and outer space, trying to communicate with somebody, trying to communicate. Dumb. And we're always joking about how we should not be doing this because we don't know who we're going to get a hold of. I mean, we could literally be, like Steve said, we could literally be putting ourselves on the dinner plate. The two, the two scariest statements we as human beings on planet Earth can possibly fathom is... We are alone in the universe, which is horrifying because yeah. we have no one to fucking bail us out. Yep. We are it. All this crazy fucked up shit you see going on in the world, we are doing to ourselves as yeah. human beings. 
And if there's nobody else out there, you know, Fermi paradox, why hasn't, why, why isn't there proof of anybody trying to contact us? If there's nobody else out there, we are our only savior. And that sucks. And the second most terrifying statement is we are not alone in the universe because then we don't know who the fuck else is out there, what their intentions are, what they would do to a bunch of hairless apes that are running around killing themselves on some rock planet in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's just, I don't know. It's fucking wild. It is wild, man. It sucks. It's crazy. But like I said, like it really struck with me because of all the current events, you know, and then you have Elon Musk talking about going to Mars and then them wanting to put, you just read something about them wanting to put a fucking yeah, base on the moon. moon base. And then we just saw the thing the other day about them having high energy laser beams on fucking satellites and shit. Like it reminds like, it's me. It's all just like, come, like pushing more and more into this project blue beam Slash fucking, are they getting us ready for something that is literally going to blow our motherfucking minds away next year? And thinking about thinking about the codes and decoding it and all these secret passages makes me think of the Twilight Zone episode to serve man. Have you right. seen it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where the aliens come to Earth and they're being all friendly and shit. And they take all these people aboard the spaceship and they're feeding them and treating them like kings. And they're like, man, this is fucking awesome. You know, they're just like treating us like royalty and finally one woman decodes that and there's this book it's called to serve man so in their mind they're thinking these aliens came to earth to be to be our servants you know to to fill our every want and need when and they read it wrong actuality it's a cookbook on how to serve yeah so they're fattening everybody up to just have a snack yay it's, I don't know, dude, it's weird. Yeah, I just thought it it's was... It's terrifying, and you you hit the nail on the head. Us, well, like, I get it, we're curious, and we're interested, but do the, do the pros outweigh the cons? You know what I mean? Fuck no. Of shooting this shit out into space. No, because once we've, once we've established ourselves in the fucking universal community... It puts us on everybody's radar, right? I mean, or or nobody's radar. Yeah, I mean, I mean, or yeah. nobody gives a shit. I'm looking at it as like there is definitely life, and I would assume that most of these hyper advanced civilizations probably know about each other. Yeah, oh, hundred you know I mean? percent. And then once we, you know, we we don't know shit. We're out here just f- fucking tooting our horn in the woods. Yeah, hoping somebody comes Look and checks us. us out. Yeah, <laughs> but once once we're found, I feel like we are found. Like, we'll be on everybody's map at that point. Yeah. Come here for snacks. You know, it would be cool if, <laughs> like, you had the immersers that were able to come down and show us how to fucking cure cancer and cure this and do that and completely take care of ourselves. That would be fucking amazing. Except that we wouldn't use it like that. No, we wouldn't. We'd figure we'd out a way to weaponize it. Yeah. Or, or... We would or, kill them. We would kill the immersers. We would definitely kill them. <laughs> we would definitely kill them. Or that... what would Actually, what would end up happening is the Immerthers would come down. They'd give us this tech. Hey, you lay in this bed. It'll cure all your ailments, anything and everything. Sweet. Well, as per humanity, whoever they they approached first would have the biggest gold mine on the planet, and that's all they'd use it for. Oh, It would just be the most out. It would just be this system where you come in and you pay your life with it. Basically, the riches of the rich would be 
cured of everything. They would never have to worry about anything. And they'd probably get to live forever while the rest of us would be slaves working in rock mines. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's legitimately what would happen. It would never be like, whoa, cool. These dope aliens came down from the clouds and they gave us this machine that will cure everything. We don't have to worry about healthcare at all anymore. Psych. We're just going to, we're just going to fucking charge everybody. Cause that's all that really matters in the end is how much money can I make son? So I'm kind of going on a tangent here. I'm looking up crop circles and shit and all kinds of fucking weird Dude, stuff. I told you messages. it goes down the hole. So the Arecibo message is the one that was sent out from the Arecibo satellite, and yeah. it shows like our DNA. It kind of yeah. gave a little glip of what a human looks like uh-huh. and shit like that. Did you? You've seen the response? Oh yeah, the Chill Bolton man. Yeah, where there's a crop circle that not only showed an image of a face in the wheat or whatever the fuck it is, but it also Posts almost an exact replica of the Arecibo message with the DNA, but only certain things are different. They have different strands of DNA, and where the human form was posted in our original message that we sent out, now the picture of the entity, I guess, where it would be a human, is not a human. Yeah, It's a shorter stature huge brain or huge head. It's just different enough to almost, it's like an answer. You guys have to look it up. Look up. Yeah. It's weird. Look up the Arecibo message that was sent. And then you can compare it to what they got back years later as the chill Bolton glyph. Do you you think crop circles are real? Um, or they hoaxes. I'm I'm torn. (sighs) A lot of them are hoaxes. Think so? There have been a lot of guys come out and prove that they're the ones that make it. There was two there were two guys in the UK, I think, somewhere that made hundreds of them and they would always leave their initials. Oh no shit. And then they pointed them out. They're like, This is ours, this is ours, this is ours. But they did not take credit for the ones that weren't theirs. There are some that are so huge and so well put together, he's like, I don't know how big of a crew you would need to do it. And there's some that also, from what I looked into, actually changed the composition of the wheat and shit that it, oh, are cool. in there. Like it, it fucks with the the DNA and genomes and shit. So you can't do that with a board and a string, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I'm gonna give it eighty five percent fake, fifteen percent we don't know what the fuck made it. So you're basically just saying that some of them got hoaxed and some of them are fucking, Bro, we have no like idea. I said, all it takes is for one of those motherfuckers yeah. not to be made by a human. For sure. And that's all you need. Yeah. I mean, because I've seen pictures of some of them and some of them are so crazy elaborate. You're just like, how the fuck did you get that done in a night? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This might and actually then, be talking to it. And then people... Yeah, change the sugars and bases in the DNA itself of that cool. one from the Chill Bolton. That's awesome. But <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to talk on real quick is, like, we... You know, last... That was a last, <laughs> last episode that I brought forth was the documentary on the Time Guy. And like, there was a lot of people out there that legitimately had some 
you know, pretty good points as to how it, or why it could be a fake. I can't sit here and tell you one way or the other that it's fake or it's real. I personally kind of believe that it is real, but that's not really my point that I'm getting at. The point that I'm getting at is if, if it is legitimately fake, cause there are people who said this was like a boredom thing for COVID, blah, 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 yeah, blah. That's, that's what I read. Cause I, I haven't watched it yet. So I am not standing one way or the other. Yeah. The only thing that ticked my radar, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you know how I am. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> <laughs> is that like his talking points were ticking everything that's been on everybody's mind. Yeah. That was the only red flag that it threw for me. Right. And like I said, I haven't seen it. So I'm not I'm not in the pro camp or the con camp. Right. Like anyway. I, I lean more towards it being real, but I do acknowledge some of the concerns, you know about it could be a hoax. But my point is, is like what, when I see the word documentary, I don't look at it as fucking fiction. I look at it as to the best of my knowledge, as far as presenting this documentary, this is real. You know, I'm, I'm trying to do a real thing here. I'm maybe, uh, Sebastian is pulling a fast one on me and he's hoaxing me. But my take on this documentary is that it's real now, I do realize that there are probably people out there making documentaries that are fucking fake. They're doing it to get... Mockumentary. Yeah, they're doing it to get limelight or whatever the fuck it is. Bitch, the Blair Witch Project basically did that, but it came out as a movie. Okay? Don't, don't fucking try to pull a fast one on people making them think it's real, and then you come out later on and say, hey, it's a fucking psych. Or, or we'll just let you figure, believe it one way or the other. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, it could have... It just sucks. It just sucks that people are out there and they do that shit. It could have been just a way to try to make a quick buck. You I, know, I, I mean, especially, I could see it. I really could. Which doesn't make it right, especially no. in times of COVID and everybody being off work. You know, it could have been... It could have been a filmmaker and his buddies got together and were like, yeah. hey, let's see how far we can run this. But right. then again, it could have been a time traveler from 3036 that right. came back and was passing this information on. Well, if it's fake, I kind of feel like somebody should probably hit him in his mouth. <laughs> Hopefully it's you. And I can put it on YouTube. <laughs> we well, would get, I mean, we would get I don't know. Like, I, views I just, on views on views. Probably would. I it just don't shitty. see the point. I just don't see the point in being like, watch this, I'm going to trick the entire yeah, world like, and think it was a fucking time traveler. Doesn't, either Discovery Channel or Animal Planet does that shit all the, like the Megalodon thing. They put out as like a proof of the Megalodon and it was right. all this fucking bullshit. And the Mermaid one. Have you seen the Mermaid one? Yeah, I the Mermaid one was the one that I definitely like, dude, that's not a fucking, that looks like CGI to <laughs> my, me. My oldest boy watched that shit when he was <laughs> like, I don't know, he was young when we watched it. Me to that. this day, this dude just turned 14 years old. He is still terrified of fucking mermaids. Bro, I don't blame you because I don't fuck with the water anyways. But he's been in the ocean and he has been attacked by legit ocean creatures. He was stung by a jellyfish and he's still more terrified of mermaids than Anything else in the damn ocean. I don't blame him. <laughs> I don't blame him. But I, I mean, but I, you know, being the molder, I believe that mermaids are real or could have been real. I hope they're real. I believe that Megalodon could very still be out there. I don't fucking know. I'm not going in the water to find out either. So, you know, I like to believe in the possibility of things versus say, Hell no, yeah. everything is fucking fake. Hell they're all yeah, a bunch brother. of losers. 
<laughs> Loser. <laughs> you know, but I don't know. Like, I just enjoy this stuff. It's fun. I know. I, I saw. I saw the kickback you were getting about the document. It's not even kickback. You know, it's not even like that. It's it's discussion, which is so. It's it's what we put our content out there for. Yeah. It stirs up discussion. I think this that episode, which will be two episodes from now or back from now, has brought up more discussion than probably anyone we've released yet. No, and it's, I, I like getting everybody's brains turning. And the fact that more and more people looked in and watched it is fucking awesome to me. They watched it because we said something about right, it. Right. It's you know cool. I mean? I mean, I had no idea about it. My wife was the one showing me all the, the Facebook posts and shit. And I'm like, I'm like, well, that's pretty fucking neat. I mean, I don't, I, if you believe that it's fake, that's fine. Like, I don't really, it doesn't bother me one way or the other. But like Steve said, I enjoy the fact that people are actually talking yeah, about it. What we're here for to get your brains to turn. Yeah, because that, that, probably... that's what it does for us. Like that's legitimately what it does for us. That's why we do this. It's funny that we decided to record those last two videos because the one that's dropping tomorrow, which will be by the time you listen to this, it'll be last week. Is I also talk about a documentary I saw that can't be proved one way or the other, whether or not it's real. So sweet yeah i imagine people will have about the same response but it will get people talking so that's what we're here for hell yeah so we're gonna wrap this one up hope you enjoyed it if uh i don't know where i was going with that fuck it check us out at all our social medias facebook instagram twitter youtube hop over there share all your memes and weird shit Check out our webpage, hollowskypodcast.com. Go to Patreon if you would like to support us that way. Patreon slash hollowskypodcast. Or you can go to Venmo if you'd like to buy us a monster. Throw a little change in the monster account, Venmo at hollowskypodcast. That'd be dope, too. If you don't want to subscribe monthly, just, you know, toss a pocket change in the old monster. Yeah, we'll go with that. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Donation. That's it. So until we meet again, stay safe, stay weird, and if you wake up in the middle of your bathroom holding a receipt with a bunch of binary code written on it, take a picture of that shit and send it to our email.